Welcome everyone to the Interviewer Podcast. I'm Blake. Today I'm excited to announce our first guest on the show, Ray Burris. Uh, Ray graduated from college in his home state at Southern Oklahoma State University. That's correct, yes? Yes, sir. Uh, before playing Major League Baseball. Ray ended up playing uh, for eight different teams across his 14-year career. He was a nice seven pitcher for the Chicago Cubs before moving around the league in the 80s completing his playing time with the Brewers. Then went on and was hired as an assistant uh, to was hired to assist general manager Harry Dalton in 87 for the Brewers. He also coached in some minor league organizations. His most recent job was with the Phillies as a rehabilitation pitching coach in 2016. Does that sound right? That is correct, my friend. Well, I'm pleased to have you on the show. Happy that you're here. Um, I heard that you were in a golf tournament this weekend. Is that correct? That is correct. I was in a golf That's tournament a, in Binghamton. Did you do a big golf guy? Or? I'm, I'm, I enjoy golf, Lake. I enjoy the the competition, getting out there and uh, competing with uh, that little round ball and uh, hitting it. But for the most part, uh, I'm not a serious golfer, but I enjoy playing the game. It's good to hear. And I'd like to also congratulate you because you were also now a Cubs ambassador, right? Yes. I'm yes, happy. I'm doing I'm doing some Cubs ambassadorship. Uh and uh so I'm happy about that. Oh happy for you as well. Glad you're connecting with old teams again. It's good to hear. Yes. Um, my first question here is how did you first become interested in baseball? Uh did anyone introduce you to it? Was it you that got interested? How did that come about? Well, that came about at, at a young age. I started playing uh, organized baseball at the age of seven uh, in Oklahoma in Little League and really liked it. Uh, I liked the, comp- the competition. I liked competing. I liked just what the game offered, even though basketball was my favorite sport because of the transitional part of the game from offense to defense in a split second and vice versa, but baseball was intriguing from a standpoint of teaching me how to have discipline, how to focus, how to learn the fundamentals of the game and what it takes to play the game. But more importantly for me, Blake, was the mental toughness, the mental development of playing the game of baseball because 95% of baseball is mental. 5% is the physical attributes. Whatever God placed in your body, that's what's going to come out. But I enjoyed the maturing aspect of learning what it took to play the game mentally as well as physically. Right. Uh, okay. And then how, what was it baseball like growing up versus like when you started to play major leagues or progressing throughout just in general, how did that change? Well, for you? How did the game change? Well, progressing through the journey that I went through from Little League to uh, making the high school baseball team and making the collegiate baseball team and then getting a chance to play professional baseball, all of those different stops and journeys took on a different level of discipline. And those elements began to show up in me in many ways in in the way I went about my business and the way I prepared to go out and compete. Uh, in the way I carried myself on and off the field, uh, in the way of understanding the professionalism on and off the field. So that helped me to um, get into a mindset 
that I am today and still learn it. I think, I think the thing that I have gained from all of this um, situation is the learning aspect. You're always learning no matter how old you get about yourself, about life, about situations and making adjustments to change to the things that come about in life. That's what, to me, I enjoy in my life today, one day at a time. Uh, if I wake up today, I woke up today. That means I got another day to enjoy what life is all about and make a difference in my in my community. Right. I feel like baseball is such like an ever changing game. You have to adjust like what those what baseball brings to you, what life just brings to you in general, and how you yes. like. Yes, you absolutely. Bring the field and how you take yourself off the field, knowing the things that you know. And the, thing, yeah. the, the, thing, the thing with sports, Blake, is that it will show you the ingredients of how to be humble. Right. It'll, it'll show you that. It won't let you get too high on the hog, but it'll take you as deep as you want to go. So you learn what your standards are, what your routine is, what you got to do to be successful. And that's the joy that I had along that journey. And then when – when you started or when you progressed, why, why did, you, did you choose pitching or how did pitching come about in that? That's an interesting question. Pitching came about uh, on the baseball field. As a youngster playing the game of baseball, you didn't have a position. I started out as a catcher yeah. and I moved around the baseball field and the pitcher's mound was the last stop for me. Uh, I had a strong arm. And coaches saw that in me and decided to put me on the mound. Well, I could throw strikes. That was one of my attributes to get into the big leagues in a short period of time. And being able to get the ball on the regular basis uh, in little league and high school and college, I could throw strikes. I didn't have too much of a breaking ball or change up, but I could change speeds on my fastball. So uh, with that said, uh, I think the one thing that um, – is very important from a pitching standpoint. And when I say pitching standpoint, I'm talking about pitching the contact. I'm not talking about just throwing the ball and seeing how hard I can throw the ball and pitching away from contact. I'm talking about pitching to contact because that's what pitching is, is putting the ball in play, letting your defense work, letting your defense help you record outs as well as yourself. So um, that was how I was taught how to play the game. And I'm thankful I was in that era to be taught to play the game that way. Even like when I pitch, like you said, it's about like getting the whole team involved. It's hard to strike out every hitter without a complete defense, without everybody working. Yes. Like defense is such a strong – having a good infield and good outfield is such a strong yeah. thing on the field. Yes. Um, let's see here. What was – for you, what was, what was the path like to being drafted? So – did you get drafted or how, how was it different? Cause today you go through college, you get drafted and you continue on from there talking to the team. How did you come about? Well, that? I was, uh, I, I didn't know the process at a young, at a young age. I'd never been through that process. Neither had my, my family. Uh, so I had no idea. Uh, I remember my senior year uh, at Duke high school in Oklahoma, a uh, gentleman comes to the house and I'm assuming he's a scout. I didn't know. Uh, wanting to see what, it would, what I was signed for. So in my mind, I took into consideration that I had been drafted. 
and uh, that was by the Detroit Tigers. Uh, and I was a pretty good, pretty decent athlete at that time. I had athleticism. I had skill. Uh, nothing happened in the way of me getting signed. So I'm playing American Legion baseball up in Oklahoma City, and I'm pitching a game, uh, pitched a pretty good game. When the game is over with, this gentleman comes up to me and introduces himself uh, uh, as Cecil Devine, the head baseball coach at Southwestern Oklahoma State College at that time, which was the NAIA school. And he said, do you have, what are your, uh, what are your goals? Uh, are you interested in going to college? I said, yes, sir, I am interested in going to college. He said, well, um, I would like for you to entertain the thought of coming to Southwestern Oklahoma State College. I can only give you a half scholarship. And I said, okay, um, that sounded good to me. I was getting ready to go. I wanted to go to college because I had no idea what my life was going to uh, parlay into at that point. So um, I ended up going to, to college. I was the first one in my family to go to college. And um, uh, I go start my, uh, my freshman year. And naturally, I wasn't going to be a starter my freshman year, but I may have an opportunity to play. So intramural basketball, I was playing on a team, and we were playing the championship game in the gymnasium on, on the campus. And we win the game. And I'm just kind of relaxing on the bleachers in the field house. And this guy comes up to me. His name was Cecil Devine. He, uh, I'm sorry, Jerry Job, not Cecil Devine. He's the head basketball coach. Well, I didn't know that. And he's talking to me, say, uh, I would like, would you be in a, would you entertain the thought of coming out and trying out for the basketball team? And I said, yes, I would. I said, uh, what do I have to do? He said, you got to run three miles under 20 minutes. And I said, okay, if I do that, what do I get? He said, if you do that, I'll give you a half a scholarship. Well, now I already had a half scholarship in baseball. Now I'm looking at the mathematical aspect of this. Half and half makes a whole. So I go out and run the three miles under in 18 minutes. And he gives me a half a scholarship. So I finished my last three years of college on the basketball team. When the season's over with, I went out and played baseball. So uh, being a two-sport athlete and starting was pretty unique for me. Um, and I worked hard at it because I love basketball. But here's what basketball taught me, Blake. I learned how to get in, the, in tip-top condition playing basketball. And I was able to carry that over that situation over into baseball. I knew what I had to do to get in tip-top shape to be a baseball player. So um, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for Southwestern Oklahoma State believing in me and, and giving me the pathway to get my degree and starting my career, uh, uh, being able to pitch there and excel there and get on the radar there and get drafted out of that school. So I'm very thankful for that. In 1985, they presented me with an honor of being inducted into the Southwest Oklahoma State Hall of Fame. So um, th those are, are unique um, accolades for me. Also was inducted into the NAIA, NAIA Hall of Fame out in, uh, in uh, uh, California. And so um, those are great attributes for me based on my performance during those four years in Southwestern. I got to ask too, like what, what happened to basketball after college? Did you ever pursue that or – I never pursued it. I wasn't a top scorer. I was kind of what we call a, a – uh, I picked up the gravy. 
You know, I picked up the 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 the, the loose balls from the rebounds, and uh, I played defense. Um, and and I enjoyed. I just enjoyed the competition aspect of it. Um, being able to go out there and compete against the best at that level, and it just never panned out. When I got drafted by the Cubs out of college, I just focused my attention on baseball. That's really cool. So, now we're back to baseball. How do you? Where do you think it's heading now? Do you, or how? As a, how, where do you think it's heading now? Do you think it's going well? Do you think it's going not so well? Just in terms of like the MLB, like where do you think? baseball is going to head next i think maybe baseball right now blake is trying to find its identity right uh, and when i say that i'm talking about what has been implemented in the game today uh the rules and regulations uh you look at uh 50 60 years ago um, there was rules and regulations that you don't see being applied today and i think it's still trying to find its identity there's a lot of things that are going on that I never was taught coming up through the minor leagues and through the major league system that's uh, being implemented today. Now, it is what it is. I don't knock what's going on. I do know one thing. As a player, you need somebody you can go to and talk to and trust. Right. And I think that's life. And if you feel like you don't have somebody you can go to and, and talk to and trust when you're in a slump, then where do you go? Right. I don't know. You got to have somebody you can talk to. Buddy. So the, the game is losing the 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 baseball people, right. in my opinion. It's losing the baseball people that were taught how to do certain things, that were taught how to uh, interact, that were taught how to have a conversation, get to know that personnel. Uh, I think that's being lost in our game today. And uh, hopefully that will get back. I don't know. I'm not in the game right now. I'm just an ambassador. So I can't give you all of the details of what, what's going on on the inside because I'm not on the inside. But I do see, um, you know, things that are, that are happening today that never would have happened during my era. Um, you know, for instance, uh, you go into extra innings, you put a guy on second base. So uh, I mean, the things getting added. Just that, added. That, that's not baseball to me. Right. I agree. That's not baseball to me. Uh, if you go into extra innings, you go into extra innings. You play extra innings just like you were going to play the first nine. Right. And uh, that's baseball to me. So those are some of the things that I see, uh, you know, all the ships, um, uh, I, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, when I played, I, I was my own defensive coordinator. I looked around and see what the outfield was, infield was playing. I positioned him because I knew what the guy I was going to make the guy hit the ball because I had command right. of my pitches. And and guys today don't have that command on a regular basis. You know, you had guys coming out of the bullpen that could pitch better than most guys on the rotation um, during my era because they could pitch, they could locate, they could change speeds. That's pitching to me. When I got to look at what my velocity is and feel like I can't get nobody out because I don't have the velocity, that's not pitching. Right. That's throwing. And the last time I looked, that mound of dirt in the middle of the infield is called a pitcher's mound, not a thrower's mound. So there are some things I'd like to see uh, uh, get back to 
the way the game was being played, just the rules and regulations. I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, we just have to wait and see. Right. And then still talking about, like, how baseball is progressing and stuff, what, what types of players do you think teams are looking for? And why do you think some of the league's top players now, like DeGrom, for example, or Soto, Nato, are so successful still, even being drafted, like, five years ago? Well, they have pitchability. They have they have the ability to locate their fastball, and that was uh, one of the things. You know, uh, if I couldn't do that, I wouldn't have been in the big leagues in a, in a short period of time. I could locate my fastball in, out, up, and down. And pitchers don't locate their fastballs anymore. Right. Okay. They just look at how hard they're throwing the ball. Well, let's look at the reality of that. Let's say Blake, you just come up from the minor leagues. You throw on the ball 103 miles an hour. That's what the radar gun is registering. Okay. Now, why are you afraid to throw it over the plate? Uh, The hitter being like looking fastball or that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't. It doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can tell the hitter what you're going to throw a fastball. Does he know the speed of it? No. I mean, no. No. So, so my question would be, why would I be afraid to throw the ball on the plate? Right. I'm com- I'm coming at you. If I'm throwing 103, I'm coming at you. If I'm throwing 89, I'm coming at you. I agree. Coaches always have this mentality about tacking the hitter, but the pitcher is always, like, scared about something. I feel it's, like he's scared. It's like he's scared about something. Right. What is he afraid of? Right. Is he afraid of contact? Because a pitcher is not afraid of contact. That's his first priority. Right. I'm going to make this guy hit it early and often. So – I can't be afraid of contact. I invite contact. Right. That's why I change speeds to create soft contact, not hard contact. So uh, my the, my belief is based on what I experienced when I played at the major league level. My belief is based on how I got hitters out at the major league level. Now, if you look at my stats, I gave up more hits than innings pitched. I'm okay with that because I pitched the contact. Right. I'm not afraid of giving up, making the guy hit the ball, because that's why I got those eight golden gloves behind me. You know, so I'm a, I'm gonna keep them in that golden glove status. I mean, that's what that's what it's about. Now, if I'm putting the ball in the strike zone and putting the ball in play early and often, now good plays are going to be made behind me because the infield is alert. They know I'm going to throw strikes, so they got to be ready on every pitch. When you ball one, strike one; ball two, ball three, strike two, foul ball. Ball four, okay, right. and you're throwing six or seven pitches per hitter. By the time you get three outs, that's not counting the walk. You may be at 25, almost 30 pitches per inning. How many innings are you going to pitch? You're not going to get through the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get through the fifth, you know, because, uh, you know, well, your pitch count. Not every hitter, like we mentioned earlier, if you attack, you're going to get that contact as if you try to strike everyone out, if you're scared. You're wasting exactly. many, many exactly. exactly. I don't need to. I don't need to strike everybody out. Right. I don't need to strike everybody out. What I need to do is minimize my walks and minimize pitching deep into the count. I agree. I feel like walks is such a big thing to give up now, especially when we got all these fast runners as well. Uh huh. Pinch runners, you get later in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. That is correct. You right. know, and and you you look at it. Look at the stolen base leaders of every league. Right. It used to be you'd have 70, 60, 70 bases stolen 
by more than one or two guys. I think the highest guy now is uh, 29, 30. Right. You know, in the, in the early term, because Stillen is not a part of the game that helps manufacture runs. You put the leadoff hitter on, that's just like Lou Brock would be on second, Ted Sizemore would bunt him to third, Ted Simmons hit a ground ball to second base, he's got one run and no balls left the infield. That's manufacturing runs. That's taking advantage of the skill level that you have in your lineup, you know? So those are just little things that you don't see a lot of. It, it, I, I'm starting to see a little bit more of it. I'm starting to see more aggressiveness from teams because they're getting guys that know how to steal, and I'm starting to see that. Pitchers don't know how to hold base runners. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a huge one. They yeah. don't know how to hold base runners, you know? And and so now they're starting to take advantage of that lack of being able to contain base runners, which they should if you're paying attention. Um, but um, uh, you're starting to see a little bit more of that, starting to see a more hit and runs. You know, you're starting to see fundamental parts of the game being seen, not on a regular basis, but it's starting, you're starting to get glimpses of it. So that's that's refreshing, Blake, to me. I agree. You think that's something that's going to continue on as the game progresses, like we were talking earlier, with new rules and things like that? I think it's going to be determined on how productive it's given each club. Every every organization has different philosophies on how they do things based on personnel, based on manager. Um, I think when they add the totals up, how many runs did we produce being aggressive on the baseball field, on the base pass? How many runs did we – um, how many times do we put ourselves in scoring position by being aggressive? I think you're going to start seeing that. Now, you got the DH in the National League now. What does that change as far as the dynamics of baseball? Well, it's, it's, it's allowed 30 new jobs to be created. Guys that may not be able to play in the field but can still swing the bat, it's created 30 more jobs. I'm all for that. I really am. Okay. And so pitchers don't have to hit anymore. But I think that that distinction between the American League and the National League due to the DH gave the game a a different taste. It gave it a different flavor. Now the National League managers had to know how to manage with the pitcher coming up. Then they take him out, and then whoever made the last out, they put the pitcher at that spot in the lineup. So we go through the lineup a whole time again. Uh, I thought that was part of the game, you know, part of the game. Uh, in American League, you had the DH. It 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 brought 30 more jobs to Major League Baseball, and so uh, I'm all for that. You know, creating jobs. Okay. I'm all for that as well. It's just like how how teams manage it. But one thing I did like about earlier was how there were American League had the DH, nationally no DH, but then managers had to like figure out how how to change their lineup, work around it. Versus where they were playing. Yes. That was. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. And but, then, you know what? And, and, and that's all based on uh, individual um, wiring. How, how is this manager wired? How's that manager wired? What do they believe in? What do they like to do? And I think that's what makes it unique in the game of baseball because every manager don't think the same way. They do things maybe a little different than somebody else. And that's okay. That's their style. Uh, I'm okay with that. I get that. Uh, but as far as the uh, some of the fundamentals of the game that has not been implemented 
or um, put into play, uh, I think a lot of things are starting to come full circle. Uh, how long would it take? Or how long will this continue? Don't know. Just have to wait and see. Right. I think that's also why we see a lot of managers being moved around and or fired. It's just because what players they have, how the team, how they manage the team, what the higher ranking of the team thinks the manager and how they work it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a, well, it's also like another big part of just like in terms of strategy. Right. It's how well, the here's, works is, here's the way I look at it. This, this is my take, my opinion, just my opinion. Of course. Analytics provides certain things to major league baseball. Right. So does a baseball person. So you blend those two and you figure out, okay, if I see this pitcher doesn't throw his breaking ball, he's a left-handed pitcher, but he doesn't throw his slider to a right-handed hitter, but he throws it to the left-handed hitter. Now analytics is going to provide that information for me, for me to proceed to that individual and acquire the information of why he doesn't throw his slider to a right-hander as opposed to a left-hander. He goes fastball change to the right-hander, fastball slider to the left-hander. Well, what is that saying? You're eliminating pitches. The opposition, no, you don't throw your change up to lefties. You don't throw your slider to righties. So they eliminate those two pitches, and they look for two pitches. Now, what's causing that? I got to go forth and find out what's causing that person to not throw that pitch to that particular hitter on that side of the plate. And it's all in his mind. So once I gather that information, then I remind him how to use both of those pitches to either side of the plate and what it's going to do for him in the long run. Okay. Now uh, that that's what the data gives me. Okay. Now I've already seen that on his chart. Right. I've seen the pitches that he throws to the right-handers. I've seen the pitches that he throws to the left-handers. I've witnessed that. Okay. So the blending of those two gives you an indication on how accurate they are. So now we can proceed. I can go to that player, being a baseball guy, and know what to say because I've experienced it at that level. Find out what's going on in his brain so we can correct that and get him to use all of his pitches to both sides of the plate. That's right. what pitching is. That's what pitching is. I agree. All right. Uh, I'm going to finish it up here if you don't mind, but I have a few more questions. Yes, sir. Um, one thing is be, being a former athlete, what do you feel like your opinions over baseball are – more of an influence or do you feel like you have a spotlight in terms of like what you say or how did how do you feel about like your opinions over baseball and how other players or the league takes them well my opinion over baseball is just my opinion right now Blake I'm not in a position to make an impact because I'm not with a particular team on the field socializing or interacting with those uh, players so if I was in that position my impact would be helping them to understand what they got to do to get to the big leagues. That would be my impact. Uh, now that I'm not associated with the major league club, as far as a on field personnel, my impact would be uh, put into a consulting role, helping that youngster understand 
what he's got to do to be successful at the major league level, identifying where his uh, uh, deficiencies are, identifying where his efficiencies are, helping him to know what he needs to work on to get better at his deficiency. That would be my role in my position right now as a consultant. All right. All right. Two more things here I'm going to ask. What, what is one highlight from your career and what is one thing you would say to people that are in baseball now and, and progressing? The highlight of my career was being able to put that uniform on every day that I was in the big league. Like I come to the ballpark, there my locker was with my name on it, with my uniform name on the back, and put that uniform on and walk out on that field and go out and get ready to be the best that I can be and compete against the best of the best. That was my highlight of my career. Uh, I had a lot of unique games. I had a lot of unique opportunities, uh, but nothing can beat when that manager gives you that ball and you go out on that mound and you go out there and compete and do it well enough to where he likes what he saw and gives it to you again. That was the highlight of my career. Um, as far as the game today, uh, uh, where it's going, I'm not sure. I can only watch games and see what things are being done, maybe a little different than last year or the year before. You know, we're still coming out from under a pandemic. Uh, that takes a while. Um, and, you know, we lost a lot of lives uh, with, with COVID and still losing lives with COVID. Uh, and that's the sad part about it, not only in the United States, but all over, all over the planet. So uh, we've, got, we've got a little ways to go. Uh, Thank God with the companies that came up with the vaccine and people got the vaccine and the boosters and all of that. So um, we still have a ways to go. And in my opinion, uh, baseball has a ways to go. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me here today and hope you have a great rest of your day. And thank you very much. Thank you, Blake. You too. Happy Labor Day to you, my friend. Happy Labor Day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.